friends. Today I want to talk a bit about knowing and not knowing, and one's attitude towards what one seems to know. Let me start by giving a metaphor. Suppose someone goes for a walk every night with bare feet to feel more in touch with the natural world, only at night, never during the day, and when they come back they notice that their feet are dirty. They might wonder how this happens to their feet. For the sake of this metaphor, suppose that they know little about the outside world and have never walked around at night with any illumination. So they're walking around in total darkness. One idea that they might have is that walking makes their feet dirty by its nature. Another idea that they might have is that their feet get dirty as time passes, and when they go out, a lot of time passes, and so their feet are dirtier afterwards because of the mere passage of time. Another idea that they might have is that something about walking outside with bare feet makes their feet dirty. How can they figure out what's going on? They could try doing things like walking with shoes on, or walking along a different route, or washing their feet before they go out to see what kind of difference these things make. But maybe they do these things, and they still wouldn't have a complete picture of what's going on. Though it seems obvious, what might really help them is a bright flashlight. With a flashlight, they can see when they walk along a certain route, this is mud, it gets on my feet. This is dry soil, it gets on my feet. This is dirt from the asphalt that cars drive on and gets on my feet. If they have a flashlight, they can start to see what the problem is. If they don't have a flashlight, they may come up with ideas about what's going on that are partial and incomplete. For example, they may come to the idea that walking outside without shoes in itself makes feet dirty, without seeing other facts, such as that mud makes feet dirty, but mud isn't always there. It depends on, for instance, when it rained last and what surface they're walking on. They might also miss the fact that walking on grass is relatively clean. So, without a flashlight, walking around in the dark, a person might end up with a theory that's quite imperfect. If they're depending on their theory in some way, it could lead to a big problem for them. With a flashlight, they have a lot more information about what's going on. They shine it around and see what the situation is. One could think the light of the flashlight helps against the darkness of not seeing and not knowing. It may seem trivial for those of us who can see what we're walking on and who understand the world outside, but if a person has never seen what they're walking on, the illumination of a flashlight might be a profound thing. In the metaphor of walking outside in the dark, the unseen ground stands for the unconscious, and the darkness is what keeps it unknown. In this metaphor, the unconscious is not a place. When the flashlight illuminates what is unconscious, it isn't so unconscious anymore. Shine the flashlight, and there is more consciousness, more awareness. Turn it off, and the ground returns to unconsciousness. What is unconscious can become conscious. What is conscious can become unconscious. Depends on whether a person is looking in the right way or not. Looking into the darkness and not seeing, or dispelling the darkness with light and seeing. Suppose someone looks at themselves and wonders how they work. They might come up with different kinds of theories. For example, ice cream makes me happy. Rude people make me unhappy. Why did I eat this ice cream? To be happy. Why did I avoid those rude people? To be happy. But one might ask them, 
Why does ice cream make you happy? And why do rude people make you unhappy? The person might say, they just do. It seems natural. Maybe it's biological. Maybe it's because of evolution. Maybe it's just because of the kind of person that I am. One might ask, what about ice cream makes you happy? And what about rude people make you unhappy? They might say, I don't know. These things just work that way. Now, from the perspective of neuroscience, people have millions or billions or trillions of neurons firing in the brain every second. Can all that activity amount to, these things just work that way? They just make me feel the way that they do, with no further explanation? Isn't it like saying, feet just get dirty when I walk outside, it just works that way? In other words, aren't these ideas that come about in the absence of light ideas that come about in the absence of knowing more about what's going on? I want to propose the idea that when someone looks at themselves, if they're going to understand themselves, they also need a light. They need a way to make the darkness recede. But, and this is a key point, if they don't believe that there is any darkness, they're pretty lost. If a person doesn't realize that there is darkness outside, how are they going to figure out what to do to understand more about why their feet are getting dirty? If a person doesn't realize that there's darkness inside, so to speak, how are they going to figure out why they do and think and feel the things that they do? You could look at ideas like my feet get dirty without shoes, or ice cream makes me happy, or rude people make me unhappy, as observations, which are good as far as they go, but if they don't go any further, if a person treats these observations as complete explanations, there's a need for more light. For example, with more light, a person might think, without shoes, these different kinds of dirt that I see stick to my feet somehow, and that's how my feet are getting dirty. And they might realize the idea, my feet get dirty without shoes at night, is a fine observation, but not a good explanation of what's happening. With more light, a person might think, I always got rewarded for good behavior with ice cream when I was a child. Maybe that's relevant somehow. And they might realize, the idea ice cream makes me happy is a fine observation, but not a good explanation. And bringing nature and biology and evolution into the discussion is not helping me to understand my own psychology. Of course, this is not the end of the process. What about the dirt makes it stick to feet? What about getting ice cream as a child is relevant today? But these are a way for the process of understanding to begin, whereas it's just natural, or it's because of evolution, or it just works that way, or more like ways for the process of understanding to be shut down before it starts. Mindfulness is a popular word today. There are many things that people think it's good for. I want to propose that practicing mindfulness is like learning to build a fire. Practicing mindfulness is a way of practicing to illuminate the darkness of the mind. With more practice, the fire can burn better, and the light can become greater and greater, brighter and brighter, more and more illuminating, revealing more and more things, and revealing previously seen things in more and more detail. But I also want to put forward this key idea, that a person has to believe that there is darkness, and a person has to understand that light dispels it if they are likely to put the light that they create to good use. 
Shining a flashlight into the sky will not clarify what's on the ground outside. Neither will shining a flashlight around the house indoors. If a person does not believe that there is such a thing as darkness that gets in the way of seeing, why would they ever happen to use their light to look at the ground outside at night? So I want to recommend three attitudes or perspectives. The first is, mindfulness is not merely for the sake of being mindful, just like owning a flashlight is not merely for the sake of having one. When you develop your mindfulness, you can think, I'm developing a tool, and the more I develop it, the more I can see if I use it well. The second is, faith in the obscuring power of darkness. This means having confidence that one's vision is unclear, even if it doesn't seem that way. This means accepting that the way things appear is not the whole story, even if it seems like the whole story. The third, which is related, is to have faith in the illuminating power of light. This means not to hold on to one's current understanding so tightly, and to have faith that a better understanding can develop in time, as one learns more, as one sees more, as one gets better at using light effectively. If there are things to see and understand that are unfathomably different, beyond normal expectation, a lack of faith in darkness and light, or in other words, an excess of faith in the idea, I see basically everything there is to see about things, stacks the deck against the possibility of developing more understanding. If you're trying to pour yourself some tea, you should make sure that there's room in your cup for it, so that the cup is ready to receive it. If for some reason your cup is filled with rocks, the tea spills over the edge. Without faith in darkness and light, where is the room in the cup for a deeper seeing? The old ideas become hard like rocks, unbending and unyielding. Faith in darkness and light can develop gradually or suddenly. One way to cultivate it is, learn to illuminate oneself with mindfulness. Learn to build brighter and brighter fires. Look around and notice there's more to see here than I originally thought. Then one can feel convinced in a natural and reasonable way that light really does illuminate darkness, and boy is there a lot of darkness. Then one can be open not just to learning about the things that they newly see, but to learning about the things that they haven't seen yet, and to learning about the things that they half saw in the darkness, which start to look different in the light. That concludes this talk. May you all be happy.